Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Rundown. I will be your host today, Craig DeLuz, coming at you from the West Coast, the Left Coast, behind the Iron Curtain, otherwise known as the Sierras. But as we all know, I do not do this program by myself. Nope, my name is Mike Borski. I will come to you live here from the East Coast. That's the coast with the most from the co-host with the most here on The Rundown, 2A Views, Conservative News. Craig, how was your weekend? It was phenomenal. Had a great weekend. Just mostly just did uh, nothing. Mostly just kind of sat around and did nothing. So that made it in and of itself made it a good weekend. I, uh, I, I cut the grass yesterday uh, and the whole thing. I got it all done. It's about three and a half hours worth of that riding mower. That's uh, and it was in that heat that that three, four o'clock heat. And <laughs> listen, that's enough riding a mower so that when you go to sleep, you you know, like you wake up riding the mower. You're like, oh, what's going on? You know, and so it was one, of, one of those actions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, other than that, good weekend. Uh, did actually did a little bonus radio last night. Got called and did um, Armed American Radio with Mark Walter. So I was on there with him on the on the big show on Sunday. Very nice. So was, Very that nice. That was nice. That was nice. Little last little last minute there. So I had some fun with him talking to a business. So good ah. things. Good things. Good things. Good things. Good things. So, hey, folks, uh, however you are partaking of the show, do us a favor. Please make sure, like, share, subscribe, like, share, subscribe. Let your friends know. They can watch us on YouTube. They can watch us on Facebook. Uh, you can watch us on uh, Spotify or on Opslens. You can also listen to the program wherever you get your podcast. I, I, uh, I Radio, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, wherever it is, uh, you can listen to the program as well. So, once again, like, share, subscribe, and encourage your friends to do the same. Make it happen, Captain. <laughs> so, Mike, there was a, there were big things that were going on this week, and the Senate decided that they were going to do some, uh, some last-minute uh, uh, pushing and a, and a shoving and a juggling, and uh, it looks like there is a major piece of legislation that has passed. It's something that the Democrats have been pushing uh, all year, and it looks like they finally got it. They, they, they had their bill back better. Uh, and then they had their baby bill back better. And now they've passed this uh, this new bill that deals with climate change tax and health care bill. But there are three main things that are in this particular piece of legislation, Mike, that uh, we need to, to look at. Number one, they claim that it will reduce prescription drug costs. But the reality is, is that they're limiting basically what they're going to pay uh, uh, pharmaceutical companies or allow pharmaceutical companies to charge for them. So they're not actually reducing the cost. Uh, they're just reducing how much money they're going to be able to recoup from, uh, from the investment that they've made into these, th into the, these drugs, which means less investment in pharmaceuticals. Uh, the other thing that they did was, and they call it a tax, a tax bill. Well, they, this bill included a 15% minimum tax on businesses. I mean, on corporate, on larger corporations, uh, they were successful in, in removing it for s some smaller corporations. But a 15% minimum tax plus, they doubled the size of the IRS, meaning 87,000 new agents. So that, uh, and you got to wonder exactly what they're going to be doing with those agents. And I'm guessing that's going to equate into, uh, well, they're going to be coming after uh, after you and I. Uh, and then, Mike, they also have expanded, uh, spending about $300 billion uh, to fight climate change. Yeah, let's, I guess we should hit them one by one right then. Um, yeah. The, the, uh, the, the order to reduce the price of medication. Some folks, just make sure you caught what Craig was saying here. Uh, the order to reduce the price of medication. So they're saying, okay, well, this pill 
can no longer cost uh, five. You can only charge $5 for people to buy it. So drug company, if you got pill A, you can only charge $5 to buy it. Okay, so they can only charge you $5 to buy pill A. And like Craig also said, it's a limited number of medications they're doing this to. So what does that mean? That means pill B goes from $10 to $50, all right? They make it up somewhere else. It's if, as if the government came down to your local, your local hamburger place and, and, you, and you walk in and said, I'll have a cheeseburger and fries. And they go, it's $48. You go, what? Well, yeah, the, the, the government says we can't charge more than a dollar for a cheeseburger. So it's a dollar for a cheeseburger and $47 for the fries now. All right. It, they're going to make it up somewhere else. They're, they're going to charge you in the, on the other side. They're not going to magically have their profits or their margins reduced because right. they were told to sell it for less. You know, right. it's, that, it's still and, going to exist. And that goes back to, once again, what de Democrats governing based not on what what people will actually do, not based on what the market will actually do, but based on what they want people to do. And the problem is they when they, you don't run a business, you don't you don't stop to think about, once again, what people are actually going to do. Um, man, creating, creating new drugs is expensive because there's a yes. whole lot of money that goes into research and development that oftentimes winds up with absolutely nothing. And when they do finally hit it on something, they've got to make up, make back all of that R and D money that they've spent and they've lost. So you may be, this drug over here may be highly profitable, but this drug over here that never came to be lost you a lot of money. And so companies, right. if they're going to stay in business, they need to bring in more yeah. money than they spend. In a, in a limited fashion, I would say. Right. Um, yes, you're right. Obviously, creating something new, there's going to be some costs on that associated with that. But they'll make that back in that first you know, month when they create a million of them. I, I'm a firm believer, I know you agree also, that, that the, the pharmaceutical companies are, are, are and, and, the, and the healthcare industry, they are raping people. You know, listen, the CEOs of these companies are not driving 98 Civics, okay? They're all you know, going on G5s uh, you know, just, to get right. a, just to get a hamburger. Um, they're ridiculous. They're, 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 it's, it's, uh, it's absolute gluttony, the amount of money that they make. But on the flip side, the government solution of I'm going to order them to lower the price of drugs. Look, I made drug prices lower. You're an idiot. If you think that's the solution, you're an idiot. Well, I, I think that the, the key here is, is number one, you have to look at it in the, in the form of it, of some of the drugs that they have are necessities and some are uh, not necessities, right? And so making it easier for people to get, get certain drugs that they absolutely positively, that they need versus drugs that they quote unquote want, right? Um, I, I think there needs to be more transparency in the market because I think once people know what it costs, what it costs the manufacturers, uh, yeah. And then what they charge and what they're charging everybody, I think then the market starts to take over, right? And that's yeah. the other thing is, is that we have we need more market transparency when it comes to the actual cost of healthcare. What we actually see in the legislation that they keep pushing doesn't deal with the cost of healthcare. It it deals with for mostly the cost of insurance. But we really created a problem when we separated the cost of healthcare from who pays for healthcare. Yeah, but that's Absolutely. not the only um, thing. Now, the, uh, you, you also might got that fifteen percent minimum tax, which says right. that now, this whether is, you this is this is done to uh, if you look at the look at the print on there, that was done to small businesses. 
They, oh, we're going to tax the rich. It never seems to work out that way. They're taxing the small yeah. businesses more now. Well, and, so, and corporations. The mom and pops. Yeah, let me let me just let me just hip you guys to this. And if you if you've never taken a basic economics class, let me just tell you, corporations don't pay taxes. Taxes are are a, are a cost of doing business, right? Every cost of doing business is factored into the cost of the product. Meaning, if the cost of taxes went up 15%, if you have to pay a 15% minimum tax, the cost of that is added to the cost of the product and, and the price that you and I wind up having to pay. So it, it works out to a 15% tax increase on those goods for you and I. Yeah, now there are major businesses that get around paying the corporate taxes at all, Craig. I mean, not even just working them into the price. Those are the ones that go to states and say things like, "Hey, I got a hundred thousand. I got a thousand jobs I have here in your county, in your state. I'd like you to give me a tax break, or I'm leaving." Uh, and, they, and they go, well, "Well, we don't want you to leave." And I go, "Well, well actually, Texas what's... has tried to lure me away by right. giving me no taxes." Right. Okay. <laughs> well, and, and in some cases, they do what's called cost shifting, where what they yeah. do is they may have they what they do is is they. They increase the cost of the products, goods, or services in your country. Well, what they pay for, they, they, they have something manufactured in another country. And then they overcharge yeah. that company in that country with little to no taxes, overcharges right. the American subsidiary for that product, yeah. good, or service. So in the end, the company makes absolutely no profit here in the United States. Right. That's called cost shifting. Um, yes. It's totally yes. legal. And there's not really anything that they can do about it. Yeah. True, true. Yeah. And then point, uh, you know, originally started to make, trying to make here is that this, this happened to small businesses. Mm -hmm. And when you have a small business operating and go and raise their taxes 15%, they don't get to do cost shifting the way the major companies get to do. This is a 15% now out of owner's pockets who are probably at minimums uh, and and you start losing labor and you start having to cut uh, resources because... 15% 15% and, to the small guy and nothing raising compared prices. to, yes, yeah, <laughs> to what it is to the big guy. Right, and raising prices. So, yeah, this yeah. bill is all bad. It's going to be cost us about, well, the, the facial price tag is about $5 billion, so you know it's going to be cost even more than that, um, which is right. basically exactly what we needed when it comes to, uh, when it comes to what, that's what we needed was more taxes and more spending and more borrowing money going into the future. Uh, with an economy that's already dealing with hyperinflation, it is just Craig. Pure, yeah, the the I would just take a take a hamburger stand. Okay, we we always used to use this example in class. Take the hamburger stand, right? Um, and you, and you want to do more business. Right. You're not making as much money as you feel you should. Uh, so the 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 Democrats will reduce the hours and raise the prices uh, right. to, to make more money. The Republicans right. will. We'll, we'll, we'll lower the price and extend the hours to get more people to come to buy more. It's, right. it's, it's those simple differences of how to execute the business model to make more money that we're dealing with right here. The Democrat mm-hmm. wants to raise the prices and, and cut the hours in order right. for us to all to make more money. Well, w- one more thing I wanted to add was they're adding the, se- the 87,000 new agents. And their whole thing is yeah, with yeah. the 87,000 new agents, well, these are going to be people who are going to be there available to answer the phones when you call and need help on your taxes. But really what it's about is it's about increasing the number of audits, right? We yeah. already know that 40% of all audits are, are but they, they want to say it's on the, they're going to audit the rich. But 40% yeah. of all audits right now are on people who claim the earned income tax credit. 
Do you really think yeah. that that ratio is going to change? No, I just think more people are going to wind up getting uh, more more low and middle income folks are going to wind up getting audited. Their goal is to yep. bring in more tax revenue, and that's exactly what they're going to do. Yes, sir, Bob. That means they're coming after me and you. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. Anyway, there you go, folks. Well, that, and that, by the way, was passed in the middle of the night uh, yesterday or yesterday, so uh, it'll likely be signed. If it has not already been signed by the president, uh, it'll be signed really, really soon. Uh, and, uh, well, all the more reason to vote for, uh, to vote a Republican in the upcoming election. Take back the House, take back yes, the Senate, and then undo some of this mess. Yeah. Moving right along. Okay, okay, this is hilarious. So the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, is losing it. He, matter of fact, he went on a rant against, uh, I, I, gotta, I wish I could find the video of it, but he went on a rant against uh, New York, against uh, Texas Governor Greg Abbott after a second bus of immigrants arrives. And he, called, he said, this is horrific. Now, for those of you who do not know, uh, the governor of Texas, as well as a number of a few other states, are actually, as people are entering the country illegally, they are voluntarily, so notice these folks are agreeing to, they're putting them on buses and sending them to places that are more immigrant or, or illegal immigrant friendly or sanctuary cities like New York, uh, like uh, Washington, D.C. Uh, because these are the places, Mike, they have sanctuary city policies. And so he figures, well, look, these are places where you're going to be able to go. You, nobody's going to report on you if you commit any crimes. Uh, you know, you're not going to have to worry about being deported. You get all these free benefits and services. And so people are like, yeah, I'll go there. And uh, now, mind you, they've got, they're getting maybe what, five, they've got maybe what, 5,000 immigrants there in New York City. And there are 189, almost 200,000 every month that are coming into Texas and and other Southern states. Mike, I just find it funny that he's losing his mind over a couple of thousand. Yeah, and I think the couple of thousand numbers from D.C. He's just recently started sending to New York. It's only been like two buses uh, sent to New York from from reading this story. It's 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 amazing. And 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 Adam says they're not letting us know when the buses are leaving. They're they're not letting us know when what the needs of these people are on the bus. They're not giving us information, uh, so we're unable to really provide the services to these people en route. I don't know. Craig, do you think that the people at the border, they call ahead and let them know the services they need? Do you think oh. they call ahead and give them the number of people in their party I, that they'll be I am, to stay? I'm quite sure they do. I'm, I'm quite sure that uh, the Mexican government is is providing all sorts of uh, digital information on each and every person <laughs> that is coming across uh, the border, that is coming across the border, that is swimming across the Rio Grande. Um, it's funny, he says... Uh, in addition to Washington, D.C., New York City is now the ideal destination for these immigrants uh, who can receive the abundance of city services and housing that Mayor Eric Adams has boasted about within his sanctuary city. He said, I, I hope he follows through on the promise of welcoming all migrants with open arms so that our overrun and overwhelmed border towns can find relief. This this is beautiful. <laughs> this is you got a city up there talking about you know, we'll take your migrants, we'll take your immigration. So Eric Adams went, get on a bus. Get on a bus. <laughs> get on a bus. 
<laughs> on a bus. Now, again, mind you, this was not people forced on the bus or anything like that. Um, right. These were people that the state paid for their tickets, chartered these buses, and when they got to New York, people were they could get off or they get off. People got off in New York. Some people went somewhere else. They just well, the the funny part is no one was complaining. No one was complaining when they were when they were doing air when they were putting uh, immigrants on airplanes, right, and sending them in the middle of the night. When the federal government was doing it. Yes, when the federal government was doing it. Yeah. Yeah, when the federal government was doing it, it was all bad. I mean, it was all good. But now that uh, they're sending them to specific places that have said, hey, we're good with them. We we got no problem. Send send them send them our way. No. Here's the thing. Now you're starting to get they're getting New York in New York and Washington, DC, they are getting a very small taste of what southern border towns have been dealing with. And right. just how impossible it is. They're right. It is horrific. But these are the policies that you've advocated for. These are the policies that you, the Democratic Party, have put in place. The lack of enforcement of our immigration process and our border is, is all on the Democratic Party. I'm sorry, but it is. And so, you know, you might, you should probably feel some of the pain. And you're just, by the way, feeling a very small portion of that pain. They should. They should. You know, ironically, Craig, all of the uh, the immigrants that showed up to uh, New York, their names were, were Tony. I don't know if you know that or not, because the they put a little name tag on them before they left, and it said Tony to New York. So that's where they sent them so, to to New York. Hey, this guy's named Tony. Hey, <laughs> too funny. Too funny. Um. All right, now this next story I, I had to share because this is this is actually taking place. This is a piece of legislation that was proposed there in uh, in Indiana. Uh, there is a rep- state representative. His name is Representative John L. Bartlett. Now, they because in Indiana they actually have have uh, a ban on abortion there. Uh, it's not an all-out ban, but it's you know it's it's the sort of ban that would uh, it's no more ban than 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 most states or than a lot of states. It basically just says it has a limitation on when you can get an abortion, and it has an exemption for the protect the life of the mother, uh, the protect the life and health of the mother. Now, so because they have this law in place, uh, an Indiana representative decided, well, this is discriminatory against women. So we are going to introduce legislation that is actually going to ban, because they're like, if pregnancy is an act of God, well, then erectile dysfunction must be an act of God. Therefore, we are going to now ban uh, ED medication or erectile dysfunction drugs in light of the abortion ban. Now, I get it that this guy is probably, uh, he's just trying to make a point. But I don't think he's making the point that he thinks he's making. He's a moron. That's <laughs> the point he's making. Is what he is. That's a, that's exactly what he's making. Uh, listen, uh, I, I'm sorry that he needs these uh, this medication for his uh, his personal issues. Uh, you, you know, but what he's really doing is there are people out there with other medical reasons why uh, they're not able to uh, you know reproduce and are helping the reproduction process and he's going to deny them that right as well okay just go out and be a moron you got people out there that have been in a have had major major accidents or, or, or injury that prevent that from uh, operating normally and now you want to take that but let's take insulin away from people too 
we should we should do that as well because you need insulin to perform uh, there as well. So might as well take that away. Yeah, it is. Uh, I don't even I don't even know what to say here. Let me. Here's a video of him presenting the legislation. Let's go ahead and uh, have him let you hear what he believes in his own words. We're forcing young girls to be mothers, but not forcing the men to be fathers. This bill makes it illegal to prescribe, distribute, supply, erectile dysfunction drugs, or sexual impotency drugs. If, in fact, an unwanted pregnancy is an act of God, then impotency <clears throat> must be an act of God. I think that there should be some, some onus put on the men for these pregnancies. And that's, and I urge you to vote for this amendment. I will measure my comments just because uh, <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> So at this time, I just, uh, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, please oppose this amendment. <laughs> Further discussion on the amendment. Some may think this is a joke, but it takes two people for a pregnancy to come about. And to put all the onus onto a woman, I just think it's unfair. All right, so Mike, first of all, um, let's just be real clear. The, the, the time, here's the thing, and this is what gets me about people who are quote-unquote pro-choice. The time to think about that is probably before you have unprotected sex. What, why is it that that's not where choice takes place? We need, to be, we need to talk about it at the time when it comes to, oh, I don't know, killing the baby or taking the life of the child, number one. Number two... Let's be clear. All the other thing is, when it comes to once the act has happened, as a man, you have no choice. It's not just the onus. If you gave men the right to make a decision, to be part of that decision, because you have no choice, you don't get to make a choice as a guy whether or not they actually have the child or not. Am I, am I, am I wrong in that? No, no, you're not wrong. No, you're not wrong. And, and I just want to say for the record, Craig, we have these conversations about erectile dysfunction, and and I want to keep my adult composure, but it's it's hard, Craig. It's so hard. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Mike is like my middle school. Mike is dying to get out. <laughs> uh, the uh, you know, listen. So so I bet he's probably uh, uh, you know he's probably pro life as well, right? So I wonder how he feels about the 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 father's involvement with the abortion process. So is the abortion right. only the decision of the woman or should the fathers be involved then as well? Right. I mean, if, if you, if you want the, if you want the right, you have the responsibility, if you want the responsibility, if you want to put the responsibility on them, then they also yep. should have the right to be a part of the, to be a part of the decision. Um, and I think to tie, I mean, just to tie it to erectile dysfunction is just, I'm sorry, utterly stupid. It really yep. is. It demonstrates a it level is. of ignorance uh, or just disdain for men. Um, that uh, uh, I, I do once again that that is that is not surprising amongst members of the Democratic Party. Right, right. You, this is like one of those, like Craig, you 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 have a dream, and oh my God, it's the greatest thing in the world, and you, you wake up in the middle of the night, and you write it, and you go back to bed, then you wake mm -hmm. up the next morning, and it says like 
SpaghettiOs and gefilte fish. And you're like, what the hell was I thinking? That, I think that's how this guy came up with this. Like, it sounded like a great idea. And then when he was already committed to it, he realized he couldn't go back. It was, it was stupid. You know, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because I've, I've had those dreams where you're like, when you're in your dreams, like, oh my God, I've discovered the cure for cancer. Yeah, and right. then you wake up and you're like, uh, yeah, putting butter, putting putting butter on your kneecaps does not cure cancer. It didn't work. Well, last night it seemed great. Yeah, it I know. When I was in, when I was yeah. in my dream, it worked out. But yeah, no, not so much. Not so much. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he thought he was saying something. I think in the end, what it is is this: he thought he was saying something profound, uh, and he had a uh, he had a Kamala Harris moment where it was not nearly as profound as he thought it was, as it was in his head. Well, listen, I, I hope for this guy's sake, it, it's not Kamala bad, because that's everything she says. This guy at least looks like he can get himself back and forth to work every day. <laughs> oh, fun stuff, fun stuff. All right, this next one is actually a very, very cool story. Uh, in uh, a county in, uh, where is this at? In North Carolina. They're going to be putting a, an AR-15 in every school for security. So, you know, you, you've heard the stories about, well, how can you have someone with a, a handgun taking on someone with a high-powered assault weapon? Well, how about we just make sure there's, an, there's a high-powered assault weapon on every campus within, uh, within our county? Mike, I just wanted to get your, I had to get your thoughts on this particular story. I love it. Like, uh, I don't know, say it's in the main office or in the, you know, coach's locker room, wherever it happens to be, they got a, a lock safe in there that three or four teachers could put the combo in. And if a shooter starts, you know, somebody that's trained, somebody that's been to a faster type course from uh, out of Ohio, or, uh, uh, you know, they, they get the opportunity to run there, grab the firearm and, and go confront the threat, you know, movement to contact kind of style. Again, nobody's forcing teachers to take this rifle and go find the bad guy. This is for those that, you know, that would normally carry every day. And they're there, they probably are. If they're, if they're allowing them to carry AR-15s in the school, it means they're already allowing teachers that want to carry concealed to carry concealed. So that's already done. You know, so let's get over. It's a gun in school. There's already guns in this school. What they're doing is making the higher power option available. This is the same as when you walk by a patrol car and the, and the officer or the deputy has a handgun on his waist, yet locked in his patrol car as either a, as a shotgun or patrol rifle, so if a larger threat emerges, he could deal with it. It's the same way. This is right. the same thing in a school, folks, as uh, having a fire hose inside the school as opposed to just a fire extinguisher. Rather than have to go outside, right. drag a hose in and put the fire out, I've got something more potent in here to deal with the threat if the situation arises. And once again, the only people who are going to have access to it are people who are trained, volunteer, yes. vo who, have volunteer who have volunteered to yes. be trained, Certified and, and are, are prepared and, a, and able to utilize it should should the time come. Yes. But yeah, you, absolutely. you know That's the left idea. is going to be like, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is horrible. Yeah. They're gonna, yeah we're, we're arming teachers. We're arming right. teachers. No, we're not. Stick no, we're your not. ass down. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, exactly. But yeah. once again, yeah. we all know how they are. We all know who they are. And we know that now uh, I know, Craig, um, you, you could see where this might be going next. Right. Who might be adopting this program next? You, you have a you have a governor in Florida who's now putting military members in schools. Right. right. Giving them exemptions on certain teacher exemptions. Well, now, if you have somebody that's trained on the AR-15, oh, why not just, put them in the school? Just schools? give them M4s. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's it. Yep. 
Just give them all of them. They're trained on the M4. <laughs> That's yep. Let's give yep. them what they're used to. That's it. <laughs> little little area area weapon instead of a point weapon. Mm-hmm. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. All right, let's move on to our parting shot. I don't know if you guys had a chance to see this one. So we got a few parting shots for you today. I don't know if you guys had a chance to see this particular story, but uh, there was someone who decided uh, that, uh, well, we all know that Before Joe Biden is, is known for his gaffes, uh, but Jill Biden seems to be joining in on the, I think she's trying to take some attention away from her husband when it comes to gaffes. We already had the comparing, uh, comparing Latinos to breakfast burritos. Uh, but here you have uh, some folks who are telling her what a wonderful job her husband is doing and her responding uh, to their uh, to their uh, comments. President Biden's popularity has certainly seen better days. While he has been recovering from COVID, a heckler had this to say to First Lady Jill Biden last week. Watch. The price of gas. <laughs> so I'm glad the reason why I use the Fox news story is because I actually had the text included there, but it was like, your husband, this is yelling. He's heckling. He's like, your husband's the worst president we've ever had. She's like, thank you. Thank you for your support. He's like, you you us gas gas money. <laughs> did you see the, did you see the secret service guys smiling and laughing? <laughs> yes, I did. See, I told you, ma'am. <laughs> I told you, ma'am. Your husband sucks. There was someone actually who did yell, your husband sucks, but they cut that part off. <laughs> husband sucks, yeah. No, I'm talking to her. I'm talking to her. Talking yeah, to I her. just, I, I don't know that there's ever been, I, they, him, I mean, the, an administration that is more gaff prone. And we, we already knew that, that, that old Uncle Joe was going to be gaff prone, but this senile Uncle Joe and now... Auntie Jill, uh, Grandma Jill is just hilarious. It, yeah, they're the gift that keeps on giving. I didn't think anybody would surpass Donald Trump in that, in or or George W. Bush in that, uh, in that, uh, in that. Vein. Yeah, but his gaps were, you know, he'd make up Texas words, you know, is what he yes. would do. <laughs> uh, exactly. He wasn't, and, and Sam with man. confidence too. Yeah. Well, it's because there are words in Texas, you know, <laughs> ridiculousnessness. What? It's a, it's a level of ridiculousness this you've is. never seen before. What? It's a, That's not a word. It's a, it's a Texas word. You know? hey, well, there you go. There you go. Which, by the way, leads us to our next parting shot. Uh, here you got Joe Biden on a bike with his helmet. And it says, I'm, I'm here to crash bikes and economies. And I'm all out of bikes. It's a... Oh, do you remember the remember the movie reference? Oh yes, yes. They live. Remember they they <laughs> live with Roddy here, Rowdy Piper. I'm here to kick at and chew bubble gum, and That's I'm it. all yep. out of bubble I'm gum. All out of bubble gum. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, yes. Great line, great line. Roddy that Roddy one, Piper. That one was uh, epic. David. Yeah, that one was epic. Now there's another story that's uh, that's been in the media lately. Uh, Brittany Griner, the player from the WNBA, uh, you know, the one who basically said she didn't, you know, she didn't want to hear the national anthem at, at uh, sporting events anymore. Uh, the one who got arrested for drug possession in Russia and sentenced to nine years. Well, uh, 
here's Brittany Griner. You can see it's they have a little mock-up of her behind bars, and it says, when you realize that there is no BLM in Russia. Oops. Yeah. Now, I'll just throw this out there, Mike. I feel bad for her because in the end, she's a young, a young person who uh, hasn't really experienced much of life and is learning real quick that uh, that inexperience is costing her. Uh, I don't know if she's, anyway, there, there's that, number one. I don't know, I wish people, there are people who are demonizing her. And I'm like, look, she's just stupid, she's a stupid young whatever, right? Uh, but let's not treat her like she's the Antichrist. And then you've got the people who are lionizing her like she's some political prisoner. It's like, no, she was she she broke the law in Russia. One of the things you just you learn whenever you travel internationally is know the laws where you're going and don't break them. Yes, sir. Very true. Very true. It ain't America. Uh, yep. All right, we got a we've got a little a little tribute also we wanted to do a little tribute story. Oh yes, uh, yes, yes. Take, oh, forgot all about that one. Forgot all we'll about just, that just one. Just take a just take a moment or two. It's all right, uh, folks. Uh, if, if if those of you that grew up in the uh, in the eighties, you 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 know who we're talking about. Those of you that uh, uh, watch uh, this TV show now that's been on the last four or five years in the remake, uh, I know who the character is. But uh, Roger Mosley, uh, Roger E. Mosley, he played TC uh, Theodore Calvin on. The original Magnum PI series. Um, for for th those that again are not our age, Craig. Those are that are five years, ten years younger. Uh, this is this is important. Um, Magnum PI was the first TV show to lay honor back upon the the veteran and the Vietnam veteran uh, after the end of the war. Um, you figure this show came out uh, just about uh, eight nine years after uh, the last uh, Americans came back from Vietnam. Uh, this started in 81, 82. So um, it, it was really a uh, a bringing, bringing back of honor to those veterans because remember, everybody had been spit on and thrown paint upon as they were getting off airplanes for years and years. We had, uh, um, you know, the Carter presidency from 76 to 80 with the downturn of the military uh, and what he did to, to decimate our own military uh, uh, um, attitude and forces. Um, this This helped to bring it back. This was one of the first to bring back the pride. These characters in there were, were, were characters. I get that down. Honorable. Um, now, now, listen, Tom Selleck was in the military. Uh, he obviously wasn't in the Navy SEAL. He was as Thomas Magnum. But 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 TC's character, Rick's character, Thomas' character, every one of them that was in the military, uh, um, Higgins, Buck, Mac, everybody, just helped to bring back a, a certain level of, even though it was TV, a certain level of honor back to the military to, to get our... our our strength of forces back on their feet. It, it really did just being a TV show have a great effect. Well, I think we, uh, we, we don't underscore enough the importance that media and TV entertainment play in, in the culture. Uh, it's a reflection of the culture. And so uh, to have that level of respect that, uh, that, that show brought and that, uh, that, that, that uh, uh, Mr. Mosley brought uh, to the military was a big deal because it, it really, it went a long way in helping to heal some of the wounds that, uh, that quite frankly, the it, the American people and uh, heaped upon our our our, uh, our soldiers. So, uh, his loss is one that will be felt. His and it's a tribute to him as a man as well. You know, yes. when he finished uh, Magnum PI, he you know he started making all that residual money like all those guys in the show did, and uh, you know he's he was set for life, and he chose to go back to uh, Los Angeles, and I believe he was from the Watts District. 
-hmm. and uh, went to the Monrovia County Unified School District there and was a high school coach, uh, track and field at a couple other events for for a very long time, you know, for 20 years after leaving the TV show, helping the inner city youth down there, uh, refused many times to be a coach at the collegiate level so he could stay with those kids. Uh, and he did all of this without without anybody knowing. Yep. Without anybody knowing. He, there was no publicity to it all, and he refused it all because uh, he mm -hmm. just wanted to give back to his community. So the, the, the huge pat on the back for the man that he was as well. Good man, good man. Uh, once again, as I said before, we'll be missed. Uh, before we head out, Mike, it's time to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. Yes, let's say hello to our good friends at uscombatgear.com, uh, the California Republican Assembly, Grid Defense, and of course, Guerrilla Machining. Folks, once again, uh, links to their websites are in the description to this program. All you got to do is go there, check them out. If you like what you see, kick them down some cash and uh, make sure you tell them that the guys over at The Rundown sent you. With that, we're going to call it a day. We very much appreciate you tuning in. We appreciate you liking and sharing the program and encouraging your friends to do the same. We will see you tomorrow on Taco Tuesday. Mm, yummy, yummy.